Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, this episode of Enough About Me is brought to you by RX Bar. RX Bar is a whole food protein bar with no BS. Get 25% off your first order at rxbar.com slash Kirk and use the promo code Kirk. That's K-I-R-K. That's rxbar.com. Kirk, promo code Kirk, K-I-R-K. And we know Enough About Me is always brought to you by our great friends at Milton's. And Milton's, you'll be as comfortable in our stores as you'll be in our clothes. I'm going to be there soon getting all my spring stuff. You cannot go wrong at Milton's. We know that whether you want to get a suit, comfortable stuff, stuff for work, you're not going to go wrong. I'm telling you right now, if you're a guy and you listen to the show and you want to look good, go to Milton's. You're done. That easy. South Shore Plaza, Braintree, and Chestnut Hill Square, Chestnut Hill. Enough about me episode. Here we go. Jake Brennan. I like, first of all, I'm jealous because this is a great fucking podcast idea he has. I love great podcast ideas. He has one. It's Disgraceland. It's going over controversies, murders, uh, lawsuits, all the dirty laundry in the history of music. Started with Jerry Lee Lewis. Great episode. Sid Vicious was the second one. Sam Cooke, he's three in right now. He's a local guy. Jake Brennan, who has a great podcast, which is just dirty, gossipy, uh, music shit through music history. He does an awesome job. Does it all himself. It's really good. I, I cannot recommend enough. Again, the podcast is Disgraceland. I talked to Jake about all the stuff, and I, I, I love this. You know, I like good documentaries. I like true crime. And I love music history. For me, it's a perfect marriage. So, you know, if two people subscribe to this podcast because of this podcast, I'll be happy for him. It's doing great. It doesn't need me anyway. I just want to come in and talk to him about this. He's doing a great job. I cannot recommend the podcast enough. Disgraceland, created, hosted by Jake Brennan. Who uh, joins me now? Enough about me. So I, I, you know, so I listen to a lot of podcasts, and once in a while, ones, one of these ones I've always wanted, like is a is a listener, is exactly what Jake's doing with this disgrace land, which is doing fantastic. Three episodes in is sort of these mysteries. He's sort of because there's so many of them yeah. in rock music. So I'd be curious, like, so okay, so just walk me through how this happened. Well, I had my first kid. And I was reading Legs McNeil's Please Kill Me. Do you know that book? The Oral History of of Punk Rock. And I just, you know, like I said, I just became a dad. And I'm reading this thing about all my favorite rock stars, Lou Reed, Iggy Pop. Right. So that's your your era. Those are your guys. I'm sort of all guys, but I like the classic guys as much as I like like bag brains or Cro-Mags or obscure shit. But so anyways, I'm reading this book and it's about some of my heroes, music heroes. And I'm like, these guys suck. They're bad fucking people. (laughs) Your perspective (laughs) is changed once you have a kid. And that sort of like started me thinking. And I knew a lot of these stories. I read the Jerry Lee Lewis story when I was real young. It Mm -hmm. was in a Rolling Stone anthology. 
and it just kind of blew my mind. And I would think about it every couple of years and be like, how does nobody know this? You know, well, it's such a, a hagiography attached to them too, where it's like, you know, even the guys I love, like Springsteen, they play with these guys, and mm-hmm. you never think of them as like, but these are repulsive mm-hmm. fucking human beings. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know, I mean, like, yeah, John Lennon kissed Jerry Lee Lewis's feet when he was inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. And, right. and John Lennon, he's next on my list. He's I'm actually starting writing that one now. It's Pauline's it death was a big mystery. I'll, I'll break it to you. I no, think no, Mark no, David Chapman not, did it. Well, there's there's interesting stuff in the death. Like yeah. Chapman did it, but Chapman did it because he he was obsessed with Catcher in the Rye. Right, Challenger, yeah, yeah. And he believed that John Lennon was full of shit. He right. was a phony. And when you really get into it, I love John Lennon, but when you really right. get into it, he was kind of full of shit. Right. You know? So it's like it's that 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 is a really interesting sort of terrain to mine, you yeah. know, to look yeah. into. Other than you know, he was martyred and all that right. other crap, yeah, which yeah. is which is true. But I love music and I love history and I love true crime and and it's to me the interesting stuff is like the details. You see, I'm jealous. I hate when people. I'm glad it's here, but I hate when people have fucking great ideas that I <laughs> wish I had thought of. It's such a great idea, but there's got to be a tremendous amount of legwork. Uh, so yeah. The pilot, the, the first episode was Jerry Lee Lewis. And yeah. I, I think I, I don't know if I messaged you right away or followed you or whatever, tweeted out. I was, yeah. I was assuming I was down, we were down in Florida for work. I listened to it on a run one day. I didn't, you know, these things just sort of pop up on your phone one day. Sure. Like, this exists. Yeah. And I was like, this is fucking fantastic. The reason Thank why you. is because it was warts and all. Yeah. Like, cause you're used to people saying, oh, he married his cousin, whatever. But mm-hmm. I admit, like I, I'm like you, I pay attention to stuff. I read books. I didn't realize the Jerry Lee Lewis stuff to that extent mm. that he had wives die under mysterious circumstances back to back. Yeah, I think how far apart? Not not at all. I mean, like like within a year and a half. <laughs> it's so fucked up in the in the <laughs> in the autopsy and the way the local police. So anyway, like we don't need to. But but I, I like the idea that you're finding these people in rock history as long as you leave Bruce alone. Bruce is well. Bruce, I think, is the outlier. He's he the is. one who with there's nothing there. Right. I mean, he left his wife. He fucked and, around and, his wife. Yeah, and, and like you know, fucked off his band and all yes. that. But other than that, there's nothing really there. Right. So how does it? So so you pick. So it's just let's say you pick Jerry Lewis first, right? Yeah. So what do you do? So you you how does the process go from picking that to getting the podcast on the air? Usually, there's a primary source. There's one document. I try to do like like there's a ton of these stories and there's a ton of innuendo and yeah. like you hear shit in bars. Right. But I try to treat everything. Is I don't I don't use sources that aren't credible uh, is incredible journalism. Mm-hmm. So I find one primary source. I dig into that, and then I just I just keep going, and I try to find my way into it. Like what's the Jerry Lee Lewis one is interesting, right? Yes, the, yeah. The, that's just like he he got away with murder. The John Lennon thing. If I'm going to do that, I'm not just going to do a thing about like he was killed by Mark David Chapman. There, ha- I have to find yeah. something in there that's right. interesting. So. You know, I write the story, and then it, the next part is I score it. I sit down, and I do the music for it. Right. Because um, you'd I, have to pay for rights to play a whole lot of shaking going on. Yeah. Or I, not. I could get away with, there's like fair use, okay. right? But it's kind of nebulous, yeah. and anyone can sue anyone in right. America. And yeah. so in a lot of these cases, I'm talking about people in a not-so-favorable light. Right. So I'm like, why chance it? And you Jerry know? Lee Lewis is alive. He's alive. Like, he's yeah. alive right now as we're talking, which yeah. is weird anyway. It's nuts. He just played in Florida a couple weeks ago. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, so you score it, which is, and then you narrate it. Score it. Oh, I narrate it, and then I score, score it. Okay. Yep. You, give sort of, you have this sort of dramatic uh, narration, a little, you know. That was tricky, man. That was like figuring out how to read it. Like how to speak yes. in a way, because you can't speak like this because no one can follow you. Because right. it's super fast. If, if it's not converse, conversational, yes. it's just one guy on a mic, you can't follow this. And I've heard podcasts like that. And that was the first thing I did. I was like, this ain't going to work. Right. And then the second thing I did was I, I just sounded like a cross between 
some douchebag from Zoolander or Henry Hill from Goodfellas. And I was like <laughs> right. too affected. Right. It's like right. this ain't gonna right. work. So that that honestly took the, the the longest thing. It was like how do I tell how do I speak in a way that's conversational, doesn't sound contrived. And really it's just about like slowing it down. Yes. And and trying not to be over dramatic but still being dramatic. The podcast reminds me of a lot. I don't know if you ever even listened to it. Is uh, the you must remember this the Karina yeah. Longworth podcast? Yeah, sort of remind. It's she sort of has a. I've, I've listened to a podcast interview with her where she said she was sort of almost vamping it like in the old like an old fashioned way, almost like mm. a Vincent Price or Can like an Elvira kind of thing. But there's sort of that, which is good, and it's and it's interesting. And the, is the is the move going to be to keep them all to sort of that half hour yeah. in and out? Yep. You know, will it be multiple part ones or no? Maybe I'm talking with um, a bigger podcast much uh, bigger about doing a um, com- collaborating and doing a, a sort of season one on one story okay so doing like 12 episodes like picking like Jerry Lewis or, right. or something and, and really diving in um, so that might happen yeah. but I think Disgraceland I, I want to keep it tight I want to keep it 30 minutes people are it's so much competition to get into people's ears yeah but once you have a niche like so I, I you know I don't I would I wouldn't presume to know but I see the charts you've done really well I'm guessing mm-hmm. it's doing really well it's blown my expectations. I mean, away. so you're doing this. So, what is your background? How do you I want come up from with music? This? I, okay. I grew up in the music industry. My dad's a musician. My wife's dad is a musician. I yeah. sort of grew up in that. I had. I went to Northeastern. I had a record deal while I was at school. So it was like, do I do the co-op and work lights at fucking Bill's Bar, or do right. I go on tour with Sick of It All and play to you know 500 to 1,000 people every night? Obviously, did that. Put out records. Made a living. Um, you know, it seemed like a living at the time as an indie right, musician. Right. Um, and then when I sort of, you know, got to be an adult and started thinking about having a family, that's when the music industry kind of caved. And I had been on various record labels at the time, put out multiple records, had publishing deals. And at that time, I signed a publishing deal and sort of everything I recorded ended up on like shitty reality TV. Like, oh, really? You, you heard my music in like Keeping Up with the Kardashians or Catfish. Is that a living? It's a meager living. Okay. It was it was enough at the time, you right. know? Um, so what do you get paid if your song's on Keeping Up With The Kardashians? It, it's it's drastically gone down over the last 10 years because it became one of the only sources of income for musicians. Oh, so as it gets, gets watered down. down. So then everyone starts yeah. doing it. Right. But I had a song in Entourage, and um, our band got paid, I think it was like eight grand or something Okay, like so, not, so not a, not a living once you're actually an adult and you have exactly. a wife and a kid. Exactly. And I mean, trying, you, right. some guys do it, but to really do it and make like, you know, 200 grand a year you got to sit in a studio like this with headphones on 24 7 just do it all day pump it out yeah and it's not what you had the probably not what you had in mind when you were a kid trying to not at all not at all and from there i ended up um i was hired at an ad agency to be a creative director and just focus on music okay and then i was like i can't fuck this oh you don't like it i can't work in advertising you feel like a sellout it wasn't necessarily a sellout i mean there's really great creative people but it's just like it for the type of creative person that I am where I just want to make something and do it and put it out yeah, there. The whole process of it is. Yeah. Right. yeah. I mean, you guys work on, people work on stuff in ad agencies for years, years. Yeah, and it yeah. never sees the light of day. Right, right. So I left there um, in January 2017 and I was like, I'm going to do this podcast just because I'm not going to be in a band again. I got to do something. Was this kicking around in your head for a while or no? Yeah. I had yeah. asked my I had asked my wife and my sort of uh, creative partner, I was like, if you could hire me to do anything, like one job, what would it be? Right. And they both remarkably had the same answer. They were like, I, my, my wife was like, I'll just hire you to tell stories. Yeah. You're a great storyteller, which okay. I've never thought of before. Right. I've thought of, I thought of myself as being mildly full of shit, but right. never right. like. Those are, the, <laughs> those are the same thing. Right. And uh, Adam, who I'd done a lot of music stuff with, said, I'd, I'd pay you to just sit 
in a vocal booth and just talk. He's like, you talk me into the craziest shit. Right. So I was like, all right. And I had the kind of the idea of, of podcasting, yeah. but I didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah. And uh, that was that was kind of it. I mean, I, I started zeroed in on this like music and true crime thing, like rock and roll, true crime. It feels it feels, it feels endless to me. Maybe I'm wrong. I no, mean, it obviously, is. obviously there's some ceiling at some point, but I mean, it, it feels like it keeps you giving. Scratch man. the surface <laughs> of it. I mean, you know, you can go back as I mean, you can go back. Yeah, 90 years if you want. Totally. Right? Lead belly, you know. Right. <laughs> I can go all the way back. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. You know, there's, there's, I'm not going to touch. There's so much, unfortunately, like kid stuff out there, like, you know, like pedophilia with oh, musicians. Yeah, right. I mean, it's fucking endless. And well, I would uh, say Jerry Lee Lewis would qualify. Oh, I mean, God. if you marry your, she was 13, right? Yeah. 13. I mean, that's, that's, she marries a 13 year old. Yeah. I mean, Steven Tyler adopted his 14 year old girlfriend. Right. <laughs> like, that's, that's, come on. Right. Yeah. You don't have to focus just on murder. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Right. So there's, you know, I'm, I have a couple episodes, two episodes from now, I'm doing the Beck story yep. with the Church of Scientology and how yeah. two of his friends um, were pressured. The story goes yeah. from Scientology, the Church of Scientology into killing themselves because they wanted their influence out of Beck's life. Right. So, you know, and that one's, you know, it's not as juicy as murder. I find the ones that are more violent and insane are the are the ones that are more fun to write and tell. So the next one on Norwegian black metal, yeah. I mean, that's just crazy. It's wild. It's, it's, you, what's you, the, what's the, I mean, I'm not good, but what's the 30s, what's the synopsis of it? Um, How much these are, away? you know, a niche scene from Norway. They wanted to be the most extreme rebellious form of music ever. So they, they right. were Satan worshipers, but yeah. that wasn't enough. So they had to burn down 30 churches in Norway. I mean, they brought the country to their knees, right. uh, murdering each other, cannibalism. It's it's just like, you just, whoa, wow, okay, these guys went for it. Do yeah. you find it, like, do you find yourself wanting almost to get away from, like, the? I think you mentioned Lemon, like the obvious ones, like Elvis, the way he was manipulated, stuff like that. Or do you find yourself drawn to guys like that? I mean, Elvis is it's, a, a wild story. The guy who wrote the Sam... Is that Sam right? Cook. The guy who wrote the Sam Cook book is the guy who wrote the two Elvis books. Yeah, his kid used to be my manager. Oh, really? Yeah, Jake Gromick. So yeah. that's Peter Gromick. So he wrote those two great Elvis books. Yep. I mean, is that or you just say, you know what? I want to date. I want now. I want to because what's funny about it is like I know who Sam Cook is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people my age kind of know who he is, but I'm going to guess people 20 years younger no idea don't. So yeah. when I say Sam Cook's an obvious story, it's probably not. Yeah, yeah, right. You're right. You're Whereas right. Lennon is or Elvis is, but do you find yourself saying, I want to find the ones that. Are really sort of you know sort of hidden away or um it's uh, no not not to give a shitty answer but it's both i want to yeah. find i i want to find the ones i love the classic rock ones i want to find the niche in that story right i want to find the untold thing right that doesn't get told you know yeah like that's why the john lennon one is exciting to me i did tupac and biggie but my my point of view on it is like everyone's like who killed tupac and biggie it's like well we know no one's saying it because they're afraid that he'll retaliate but it's you know, my my take on it was the media killed Tupac and Biggie. I mean, the, the media upped that story to the point where they were the animosity was so thick right. that it you know it was driven to that end result. It feels like, and I don't know if it's because of social media or whatever it is, and maybe it's just because I'm older now and I'm I'm more cynical. It feels like rock stars aren't what rock stars used to be, and I, got I, it. that's probably a good like. I, and but I think your instinct is to say like. You know that's a bad thing, but I'm not sure that's a like when you look at the way these guys were, the way they were a treated and treated others. That may not be a bad thing, right? Well, that brings like, yeah. Like, like when I grew up, like you know, I don't know the biggest rock stars in the world are the guys we know. You know, whether it was guys in the Who or Jagger or Bruce mm-hmm. or like who's the biggest rock star in the world today? Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, Jay Z. <laughs> I, I guess, <laughs> but know? I mean, like it doesn't. It, I feel like 
But Jay-Z has a very public life. He's not like Jerry Lewis, not on Instagram. You right. Know, Bruce Springsteen was not doing snap stories. You know, Roger right. Daltrey, Pete Townsend. These guys, we, you know, Jagger, Richards, we didn't know shit about them. We didn't really. know what they were doing. You get every six months, you get an ass-kissing Rolling Stone thing from whoever about right. them, and then they went away. Mm-hmm. And then you found stuff out later. But now I feel like these guys are so public that I don't know 30 years from now if there'll be a Jay-Z disgrace land episode. And when they do act insane... It, the backlash is right. so harsh. It also the, feels choreographed sometimes, too. Where it's like, it's my time that crazy. Right. Like, I have to pretend I'm a rock star. Right. It's just my, a weird, you know. I'm like, just go crazy, man. Do it. Like, right. be that. Like, right. We need that. But what I think it's interesting is, like, it's like you're saying, like, you know, in the way we celebrated, like, the Jerry Lee Lewis's, but now when we look back at it, we're like, well, these guys were, I mean, Jerry Lee Lewis is fucked up. I mean, he's fucking crazy. You yeah. probably you probably could have done ten hours on it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so the, my thing is like, why is he like? Why is he crazy? Right. And and then it's like, oh well, look at the way he was raised, like a fucking animal. You right. know, and the James Brown one in particular. I mean, raised like hung upside and down in a burlap burlap bag at age eleven and beat with a stick right. by hookers. <laughs> right. Like that's how the right. guy was raised. It's right. no it's, wonder he right. was nuts. You know. So that's what's interesting to me, and I I think these guys now. They weren't raised that way. They go to school and, and major music industry before they get record deals. Right. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just right. not as interesting to me. Does it make the music not as good? I think doesn't so. Doesn't have to. I mean, there doesn't have to be yeah. some weird, you know, you have to tap into some anger and insanity yes. that these guys like Justin Timberlake just doesn't have. I mean, he's a talented guy. He's an entertainer. But he's been a he's been famous since he was like eleven years old. Right. right? But I guess right. Michael Jackson was too. Yep. But again, raised under Yeah, awful Joe Jackson was that's right. true. Yep. That's true. Yeah. Is it going to be a Whitney Houston one? I'd like to do that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, like with that one, I don't know what my my original point of view is right. there. What's you know, the, is it going to be? Uh, I have a whole I have a whole bunch of them for you. What do you got? What do you uh, got? We Rapid talked fire. about we talked about Dennis Wilson. That's amazing. I just listened to the the, the you must remember this Excellent. on Manson. Manson. Yeah, and what really struck me on that is how he died. I never really realized right. that he That's, kept diving off. Yes. to find that charm or whatever. Right. Like that was right. really poetic to me in this weird way. So I don't know what it is there. But yeah, I want to do Dennis. And he was that, that. So they play that song at the end of the uh, "Farewell, My Friend." Is that what it's called? "Farewell, My Friend." I don't. I don't know the, the name of it, but, but I remember hearing. So it. I had no like. I had no knowledge that he was even a singer. I, I knew, yeah. but, I, but that the album is. I think it's California Blue. Is what it's called. Yeah, it's fucking unbelievable. It's uh, it's amazing. It's how heartbreaking. About, how about Del Shannon? Well, that's the petty one I want to do. Because he produced, he produced Del Shannon's record. Petty and has this thing where he's like, he's a fucking saint. And he is, and everyone loved Petty. Is right? Howie Epstein? He's, yes. yes. Like, Del Shannon's like, don't take Howie, right. man. Right. And he takes Howie, right. and Del Shannon kills himself. Right. Right. And then someone burns down Tom Petty's house. Like, that's a story, you know? It's- yeah, so so Howie Epstein was uh, the, the basically the produ- basically produced Del Shannon's stuff and was like the lead guy in this band, right? Every mm-hmm. band has sort of a band guy like that, I guess, right. So that yep. was him. And... Uh, What's his name? Ron Blair left the Heartbreakers? Yes. And they needed somebody to replace him. And to your point, they produced the Del Shannon record. Petty did, his comeback mm-hmm. record. And he loved him. And, he, and Del Shannon was like, it's in that documentary, the Bogdanovich one. Yeah. And Petty's like, and, and Del Shannon's like, don't take him. Don't take him. And Petty, who admired Del Shannon, loved him, was like, basically, fuck you in a yeah. nice way. Yeah. I'm taking him. Yeah. And and by the way, Epstein died of a drug of drugs, I don't know, six, seven, eight years later. Heroin overdose? Yeah. He was like, fuck, really had big fucking issues. Yeah. How about... uh? What's his face? The guy who sang um, I Fought the Law. Eddie Cochran? No, Bobby Bobby Fuller. Fuller. Yeah. He died under mysterious circumstances. That's brutal. I think I can just tell that. I can just read the Wikipedia. (laughs) You're all set. You're all set. (laughs) He was like filleted in his car. How many episodes in the can do you have right now? I have 12 done. I start the second season of 12 next week. 
once I come out of Babyland, I, okay. I start. You do every two weeks. You release them. Yeah, every okay. two weeks. Uh, pretty much. I'm squeezing some in at the end to get out before July Fourth, and you know, same at the second. What's with, any backlash at all? Yeah. What do you got? What's what's been the biggest? What's a consistent? Um, fair. Uh, the biggest one has been sort of in the Sid Vicious one. I got some flack for which is totally wrong, but just like celebrating this guy who abused his wife, which right. you know, like, did you listen to the episode? Right. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I clearly say that's not what I'm doing. Um, that was the biggest one and that stung, but it's just like, you know, I get backlash from my language, you know, like for swearing. Oh, yeah, it's, and it's, it's like, come on, man. Like, what are we talking about here? This is an NPR. Um, but you know, the, the criticism is what it is. I mean, you can't, can't be affected by it. It's just going to happen. Do you uh, that? But I guess my I'm 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 so interested because you see so many podcasts you like. I don't know if you were a big listener before you started doing podcasts. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. And you like them, and then they just sort of flow the way. And yeah. I've been guilty of doing. I mean, I've been guilty. I've gone on hiatus at times too, so I'm no better than anybody else. But like, is this something you say? Okay, I I can make a living doing this, or no? Yeah, yeah. Really? If you are consistent with it, yeah. I mean, I had I had advertising out of the gate. I signed an ad advertising deal. Um, pretty much right away. Right. And that, I mean, you know, it's, you know, I'm not retiring, but I think podcasting right. is like a way to sort of uh, develop different extensions of whatever the sort of creative IP is that you're de- yeah. developing. So eventually, you know, I want to do, I mean, this, this creative ground is super fertile and I want to see where, where, where I can take this beyond podcasting. What was your, so you do it, where, where do you do it from? I have a little studio that I built in uh, North Reading. It's in an old massage parlor that was busted up for really handies. <laughs> really, so it's, it's perfect for disgrace. That's, that's absolutely. It's perfect. fucking gross, Kurt. That's funny. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's temporary. <laughs> I don't think I was ever there. I'm trying to recall. <laughs> there may have been a time. A man gets lonely. Yeah. So you okay? So it's so it's there. And when you started, like, what was your best case scenario? When you like, what was the what was the goal? I mean. Uh, the goal was. Have you exceeded your goals already in terms of in I terms have. of listening? I have. Listeners. Thank God. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. good. Yeah. Well, uh, so your goal was to just kind of carve a little niche and do exactly, your thing and, and maybe someone would hire me to teach them how to do a podcast. Type okay. Of thing like maybe a, and I come from like I said I was in the advertising yeah. world now. Uh, podcasting is huge with brands, right? So there was sort of the idea of well, you know, maybe instead of doing music programs like I was doing for brands at the agency, maybe I could help them develop podcasts, right? But now it's sort of the incoming calls have been kind of bananas, and there's there's a lot of other opportunities. That I'm TV stuff or no? I don't want to don't want to jinx anything. Well, I don't have to give me a specific, <laughs> but it seems like a natural thing. Yeah, yeah. And this is the, I guess, in a way, between books and documentaries and podcasts, this is we are in the golden era of true crime. Yeah, like there's just there's, but I mean, it always existed, but now there's just so many places mm-hmm. for it to surface. I mean, it is. Between, between documentaries and podcasts, it is sort of, I think, the fabric that, that keeps it and TV. alive. And, t- yeah. and TV. And even books, which they have yeah. this great niche as well. I'm not sure what it is. I don't know. But I mean, you know, like Dateline and 48 Hours have each been on for like 30 years. People like, and meanwhile, you're watching it and you're saying, you know, you're four minutes in, you're like, well, okay, obviously the husband killed the wife. Every you know exactly single fucking time the husband right. killed the wife. Right. But we'll watch, we'll watch. Oh, okay. And then we're done. But there's something we, we like about that. But th- well, yours is different though. Is there's stuff we legitimately like we don't know. So you yeah. know, there's just like I I didn't know certain things about Sam Cooke. I and I read the book, and there's certain things I don't know about Sam Cooke. Right. So that's you know we managed to tap on that. So what's so the next one is what? Uh, Norwegian Black Norwegian Metal. next one. Okay, and after that is Beck, Beck. Van Morrison. 
Van Morrison. Uh, yeah. I, uh, my, Who did he kill? Uh, he didn't kill anyone but okay. his guitar player. So you know that book just came out, Astro Weeks? Yeah, is it good or no? It's great. It was written by a Boston guy, a guy I kind of know. So I contacted yeah. him. I was like, look, give me the galleys. I'll Why am I not a big Van Morrison guy? What you happened will, in my dude, life? Dude, a musician. Listen to Astro Weeks. It, I, it was lost on me. It is a whole other thing, man. Really? It's, yeah. It's like it's like wildflowers. It's like yeah. that. It's like a it's a creative statement that gets overlooked in his whole sort of uh, you know, yeah. uh, catalog. He was a huge, uh, but he did in, it here in town. No, I know. I, I actually, it's funny you said that. I was at the bookstore in Winchester. And I flipped through it. I didn't. I had no idea. It's set in Boston in the yeah. late '60s, right? I yeah. had no idea. Yeah. So his guitar player who was a New York guy, was kind of signed with Carole King and Jerry Goffin. They were kind of like working his band. It didn't really go anywhere. Comes to Emerson, starts working with Van Morrison, and gets murdered mysteriously. Really? Yeah, and viciously and violently. And that's sort of... This episode is like the most... I kind of... You ever read James Elroy? Yes, of course. love James Elroy. Yeah. And I love how he kind of like takes true crime and kind of like dramatizes it yes. in a way where yes. you know he's taking the piss out of it right. but it's still super compelling right um this episode for me was the most i could kind of get in that arena and play all right more with jake here in a second but first rx bar a whole food protein bar made with 100 percent whole ingredients and no bs no added sugar artificial colors artificial flavors preservatives fillers every ingredient serves a purpose for example egg whites are a main source of the protein that is easy for your body to absorb gluten-free soy-free dairy-free great tasting 11 delicious flavor varieties, sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors. There's an RX bar for you. Real food ingredients taste really good. You can taste the real fruit. The spices like sea salt. Kate Minahan, the great Kate Minahan, Catherine Moore Minahan, the best girl in the whole world, uh, is eating RX bars every day after school. That's her snack. She loves them, loves them, loves them. Can't get enough of them. She wants more. Snack at the office, breakfast on the go. Again, after work, after school for Kate, before or after swimming for her, gives her a good boost. She loves it. So do I. 25% off your first order rxbar.com slash Kirk. Use the promo code Kirk. That's rxbar.com slash Kirk. Promo code K-I-R-K. Are you able to still, like, if you're in the car and Jerry Lewis is on? Oh, yeah, man. You still like him? Oh, my God. The music, even though you think the guy's a creep. Well, you're that's the whole... separate those. You're that's able the to, whole you're dilemma. You're to separate the two. No, but it doesn't affect me. It's like Live at Star Club is still the greatest live album ever. Well, could you watch Kevin Spacey on TV today? That I haven't been able to do. And That's I what I mean, but I'm with you. It's weird. Music is different. We know yeah. that James Brown was a shaky guy. Chuck Berry oh my God. was a very shaky guy. I mean, yeah. these guys, Jagger. But there's a huge difference between Chuck Berry who invented rock and roll, right? Like quite possibly invented an entire cultural earth-shattering thing versus Kevin Spacey, who did, who's done some great movies. Sure, but I'm saying, but I mean, but Chuck Berry's, uh, you know, indiscretions are, are, are <laughs> yeah. really fucking bad. Yeah, but it's are. but you're right. The music is music is the hardest one to separate. I think because we expect them to be that way. We give them a pass for some reason. It's baked into the cake in a way. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas with Kevin Spacey, it's like you want her. I I don't know. I want my actors to be George Clooney, man. I want them to be like. Frank Sinatra, right. like beyond cool, but also relatable, yeah. you know. And with musicians, I guess I'm just fine with them being fucking aliens. There's got to be some. There's got to be a Sinatra episode in there. Oh, it's, that's next season as well. It's, next but, season. it's the Kennedy 
Mo uh, Giancana thing. Oh, the election and all that stuff. Yeah, and the death of Kennedy and, and the the assassination. So you're gonna go. So there's no. You'll, you'll go anywhere in the music world. You don't give a shit. If the story's good, yeah. there's no, you know, yep. there's no, it doesn't matter. Yep. I kind of go out of it in one episode this season. The, you know, the limelight murder story in the no. 90s in New York? No. The whole club kid thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, Culkin did that yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah, Yes. Those yeah. guys weren't musicians. The guy who got killed was a DJ. Right. Uh, but the story's just too fucking insane. So I did that. I'm pretty stoked on that one. What's the, uh, what's the, what's the one that you, what's the big one that you haven't, Started tackling yet? Is there one you say, okay, this is the one I'm, I'm holding off for? There's something that's yeah, Phil Spector. Yeah, there's a lot there. Well, and I, you know, that's that's a that's a particularly big one. Um, the smaller ones are kind of more intimidating for me for some reason. You know, like Grant Parsons. Right. It's like, how do I do it in a way? And there's not a lot of info out there yeah. as well. I mean, I know there's a movie about it, but I don't right. know what is true. You know. Right. Um, yeah, the the Bobby Fuller one is another one. So, but, but I mean, you read. I mean, so do you read the Van Morrison book and then say, holy shit, there's a story? Do you know about the story before and then go to the book? Well, that was a little different because I knew the author. And he, oh, right. he yeah, told yeah, me yeah, the yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but a lot of this stuff, I have people now like on social just media just shit, like right? sending me stuff left and right. I have a you know a Google Doc with like 150 potential stories <laughs> in it, which is nuts. It's got to be wild, right? But that's but I, I, like anytime somebody has a great fucking idea and they do a good job, and it's funny how this works. If you have a great idea mm. and you work hard, you do a great job, guess what? Most of the time, it fucking works. Yeah. Yeah, you're I right. Mean, there's, you know, there's, and I, and I don't get the sense that you're going to get tired of it. I don't. I mean, who knows? Four years from now, but you know, I think you're you're enjoying it. Right? I'm loving it, man. It's That's a lot, a lot of, of work. It's more work than people. So, how long is the script? Scripts are, God, I don't know. I mean, like uh, five thousand words. Yeah, is that right. Not not too too long. Right. Um, and again, that's weird too. I had to figure out like how do I, how do I get this down to like so it fits within a thirty minute thing. Right. What does that even mean? You know, right. like how many? What's the word count? All that shit. Why 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 can't it be forty eight minutes one episode? Creatively, I like to have a box. It helps me kind of like work Some within discipline. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If if you know the economics uh, um, of it, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, they they go over based on ads and stuff. Some are like thirty two, some are thirty five, some are twenty eight, but right. roughly in that thirty minute. What range. music did you listen to growing up? Um, started out with classic rock, mm-hmm. and then in uh, late high school and college, I was like big into like the DIY punk and hardcore scene, yeah. which is a real self sustaining thing. And like, there's like a network touring network where right. it was great. Like, I was like, you know touring and making records when i was like 20 years old and like with my fucking heroes which right. was incredible and from there we did a lot of traveling in the south and i got yeah. into like country music like you know you go to gas stations in you know 1997 in alabama and all they have is hank williams and merle haggard tapes right. you know right. and that sort of kicked that off and then i did a record um on yep rock records which was it was it was a solo record after my hardcore band and it was all kind of like Americana country stuff. Was there any point where you thought, like, I'm good, this is, I can, I'm going to be able to do this full time as a musician for, for a career? Like, did you oh, think I, I did it. my third? I'm, I'm saying, I, you're going to do it for 20, 25, 30 years. Did you ever think that break was going to come where you're, I'm going to be this guy? Mm, yeah, yes and no. I mean, I walked into Island Def Jam and, like, you know, did the Springsteen thing, like right. played for the A&R guy right. and walked right. out with a check. And that was like, I mean, and then it quickly went in the toilet. <laughs> right. Right. So there were lots of those moments. What, 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 why didn't it work? 
Um, I wasn't what they wanted me to be at the time. Yeah. They, um, but I mean, why aren't you? Why aren't you doing it today? Like, I mean, like, what? Oh. What? 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 Do you think you something know, was missing, or is it yeah, just I was luck? missing. Yeah, I was just not good enough. Yeah, not good enough in, in ways. By the time I had those opportunities, yeah. I was hitting like I was like in my early thirties, right. and at that point, I was sick of touring in a shitty van, sure. and I was sort of like becoming like a domestic cat. You know, yeah. like I I didn't know I wanted a family, but I. It was yeah, in there, like, yeah. so I didn't have that thing. I didn't have that like fucking drive and go. And but I'm your buddies who still do it, yeah, oh yeah. And they're oh, staying yeah. at some fucking motel tonight. Yeah, well, some of them stay in you know Ritz Carlton. Oh sure, no, <laughs> right. But I'm saying, yeah. but some of them are are still yes out there trying. Yeah, and I don't. I wouldn't be able to do that. At this age. I would not. It blows my mind, man. Anyone who can make any living in the music industry in 2018 on any level is shocking to me. I don't. I don't know how. They why do. is it so? Why is it so difficult now? There's just, you know, I think it's a capital thing. There's just right. not as much money, like yeah. literal money in the industry anymore. Like there is in tech or advertising or, or other forms of entertainment. So like the biggest, I don't know, what was the biggest album of last year? When I say album, whatever the hell that is. The Harry Styles one, maybe. Okay. The, like why is that? How much different is that financially impact versus, say, Born in the USA or Thriller? Oh, it's not even close. Like the download buys don't matter. The Apple just because every you can get anything you want for free, right? It's, I, mean, it's, I know yeah. it's basic, it's, but that's it's it. It's just right? become devalued. Yeah, you know, I mean, you, the, the actual return on selling an album in 1984 was so much bigger. What did so? What did like you know? I'm always I'm always interested in this part of it. So, you know, what did if you if you wrote, let's say you wrote every breath you take, right? Yeah. Just say I know Sting wrote it, but yeah. let's say whoever wrote it, like the return for that is different than if you wrote. Hello from by Adele thirty years later, like you don't get X amount for uh, Apple for a download or um, you get the royalty rate is, is smaller, smaller to my understanding. Right, and nowadays like that Harry Styles record, like you look at it or like Bruno Mars, like yeah. the huge stuff. There's like eight guys on who get writing credit. Oh, so it's there's all... so they're splitting <clears throat> up a smaller pie even more. Well, what happened? Like what what happened to you know when I grew up? And again, you uh, your music taste is different than mine. But when I grew up. You know, it was a guy in a guitar. He wrote the songs. Seeger, mm. Bruce, Mellencamp, mm-hmm. Dylan, Fogarty came back. He did. Like, wh- what happened? Well, I think with everything, the the bigger and stronger corpor- corporations get. Right. You know, I mean, it, it was the same back then. It was still about making money, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean but Sony now, and- But now know. Sony's, the boards are controlling things, and they're becoming more efficient. So I think there's this mindset that like, well, if we really want to maximize profit, we got to have eight hot shit songwriters write this song, not Harry Styles. Why does it maximize the profit? Well, they just think it's a it's they mitigate their risk by putting people oh. in, into the mix. Oh, there's to a better chance you put that many people yeah. in it. Yeah. And, so, the, and are you going to get into the? I mean, every you know, I'm I'm an addict to this stuff. I've watched all these. It, the thing that's so great about your thing, and it's so great about these documentaries too. Like I watch a documentary about. Chicago. Yeah. Well, I have no use for it. Did you watch this? I haven't, no, no. All you need is, all you need to make it work, and Behind the Music invented it, really, yeah. is a band that fucking hates each other at some point, and they break right. up. Which and is I'm a, every band which ever. Is every <laughs> band ever, and I'm going to watch it no matter what. Yeah. I watch Chicago. Like, I don't really like Chicago. Like, not really, you know, but but Peter Cetera became too big, and David Foster came in, and his drama, and they kick yeah. him out, and I'm fucking sold. It's the story, man. Yes, it's about the story. So, but but that, that itself works. But the other thing that you always get, always get in these documentaries, particularly back then, is a manager fucked over mm. uh, an artist. Yeah. You know, Bruce with Mike Appel, or the Eagles with... 
uh, Geffen, Geffen or every single time Petty had his publishing. Yeah, like is that is that worthy of an episode or not? like some guy who fucked over a bunch of people? Yeah, are there guys like that in history? That, is that still going on? The one I kind of want to get into because there's a lot of dirt there is the guy. Uh, what's his name? The guy who did all the boy bands. Oh, the guy who died, right? Perlman. Was that the I guy? Think he's with, in jail. Oh, was it pedophile? Was it? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he yeah. fucked him out of money as well. Right. Yeah. Um. But to your point, I mean, yeah. The, so the first record contract I ever signed. Yeah. The guy flies out from Chicago, right. biggest independent record label in the country. What year is this? Nineteen ninety-seven. And how much money do you have in the bank at this point? Like four bucks. Nothing. Right. <laughs> Nothing. You're... But I'm playing shows and I'm touring. No, yeah, yeah, no, I, I get care, it. Right. And Things are going care. well. We're right. in a band. We're in it. You know. Yeah. But, you know, we wanted to put out a record. We wanted people to hear it. And back then, before the internet, you could get on one of these labels and you would pre-sell 50,000 copies before before the thing even hit stores. They really? just order it because okay. the label had such a uh, rep. And, and you get no money from that. You were supposed to get money from that. But, and it's but, more money, too, if you're on an independent label because now you're splitting it 50-50 versus if you're on a major label, you're getting like they 10%. Over. Right. Right? So we're, we had an eye on that as well. Right. And we had a choice. We had major labels we were talking to, but there were two indies we were talking to who were huge. One of them flew out, talked to us. This is the deal you're going to get. It's a great deal. Blah, blah, blah. Um, basically, it was like two records, an EP, cash advance. Right. We own the merch. We own the publishing. By the time we got the contract, it was uh, a seven-record deal, less money, and he owned all the publishing, all the merch, and the rights to everything I was ever going to do musically for the rest of my life. <laughs> Did you sign it? No. Okay, well, Fuck I don't know. No. But guys do, right? <laughs> guys do. We had a right. great lawyer. The lawyer was like, and we had already been in the studio. He already gave us money. We would already recorded the record. Right. There's ads and magazines that this thing's coming out. We're on tour. Right. I'm like, what the fuck are we going to do, man? This record has to come out. The lawyer, thank God, was like, don't do anything. It's like, you don't have to do shit. Right. He gave you the money. Right. The record's coming out. Just don't sign it. So we never signed it. So, <laughs> but in history, you get guys like, I guess, well, I'll just pick Bruce, who was a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Shows up and Appel has him sign this deal where he just fucking owned everything. Right. Yeah. And he signed it. Yeah. I think there's just a naivete that like they don't know. You right. don't know when you're a kid, you know? And so when you don't own publishing, essentially. You're fucked. Right. I you mean, don't so you would So you wouldn't own, you know. You wouldn't own the rights. We well, wouldn't born to run. Ask the darkness. drummer from uh, the police. <laughs> right. Ask Stu Copeland when he fucked over, right? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure because Sting has everything, right? Yeah. For every breath you take, yeah. which has to be worth, I think I it does know. like 700 grand. Uh, uh, a year? Uh, no, more like like a month. It's nuts. It's $8 million a year? It's insane. So like when I hear- the Diddy one too. Oh, that's right. They, they the sued, remake, he sued right? Diddy because Diddy right. didn't clear it. That's right. So it's huge. I was wondering about that shit too. Like how did like how did MC Hammer think he was going to get away with that? I like, just, how do guys think they're going to get away with I don't that? Oh, man. It's bananas. <laughs> I mean, you hear that and you're like, was it Ray Parker Jr. too? You, well, Huey yeah. Lewis? I think that might have been an accident. Was it? I think it might have been yeah. one of those things. Because that happens as a songwriter. You write this thing and you're like, this is the best fucking thing. And then you're like, oh, shit. That's a Beastie Boys song. And right, I didn't realize right. it, you know? Well, that's what, that's what Lennon said. I mean, uh, McCartney said about yesterday is he walked around for days thinking, well, I can't. I must have stolen this from somebody. Yeah. I must have stolen this from somebody. Yeah. 100%. McCartney's another guy. Maybe you know better than me. It seems like, by and large, he has been above board. Yes. No? Is there anything I'm missing? I think there's little things. Like, you read, um, you know, there's but I'm not saying Disgraceland. We're talking Disgraceland-worthy. Yeah, I don't think he's Disgraceland-worthy. He's not Disgraceland-worthy. I don't think so. Stevie yeah. Wonder? I don't know anything about Stevie Wonder. George mm-hmm. Harrison, I want to do that home invasion thing. It's my favorite Beatle. He's fucking great. Isn't that kind of hip to say he's your favorite Beatle, though? No, you're not there yet, man. No, you can't I mean, say. in a real way, it's hip, not but in like a lame hip way. It feels like a fake hip way to it's, say that. You can't not. say Lennon or McCartney, and you can't say Ringo, right? Although, check out "Ram" by McCartney. Do you know that record? 
That was from, uh, what year was that? It was his second solo record. Yeah. It's incredible. I'm not a big McCartney guy. This will change you, man. It's it'll, fucking it'll better it'll than Pipes you. of Peace? Um, yeah. <laughs> better than Wonderful Christmas Time? <laughs> it's the worst yes. fucking song ever made. Oh, I don't mind it. <laughs> uh, Ray Charles is Graceland worthy? Yeah. Yeah. Has he, to be? Yeah. Well, that's another thing, right? All these, I hate these biopics. I fucking hate them. They're lame. It's like well, Ray just, Charles, like, well, then he invented civil so rights. syrupy, you know? It's bullshit. It's gross. I that's mean, the beauty of your thing is you are, I love people who fucking take the hood. I like that. You're saying, no, great guy, not great guy, talented guy. Yeah. But here are the fucking flaws. Here they are. Let's, Junkie, let's, maniacal, womanizing, right. maniac. Yes. I mean, but to your point. You know, I'm guessing when he was six years old, life was not easy for Ray Charles. I'm just right. going to take a guess and say he did not have an easy upbringing. Right. Johnny Cash has to be disgraceful worthy. Yeah, I want to do the, his home invasion with Shel Silverstein. Oh, that's right. Thanksgiving dinner. That's right. Um, I can't find the, the enough info on it, though. It's in his book, but it's like two pages. In Cash's, the, the Cash book you yeah. wrote? Yeah. which is actually a pretty good book. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Roy Orbison. What's there? I don't know. I like his voice. He's got to find something on yeah. it. <laughs> his house burned down. Did it? Yes, he lived next door to Johnny Cash. His house burned down. Maybe Johnny Cash was just burning yeah, everybody's houses down. This pyromaniac, <laughs> exactly. But it's no, but it's it's you fucking did a this thing is fucking great. I oh, look forward. Thanks, I actually, man. Um, you know, I don't. I like to. It's not your fucking podcast. Already fine. You don't need me to tell you. that. Well, you're but. critical as fuck. So hearing you say this is, uh, it makes me feel like I'm tapping into the right. right well, route, a, so to speak. And I'm telling you, somebody who runs, you are fucking dying for podcasts. That are, that yeah, are, like that, you know. And I find like just you know, I, I mean, I don't know how you do you. I don't know if you know how most people consume it or how what they're doing, but I think it's people going to work, coming mm-hmm. home from work, and it's like, you know, it, that's a perfect, most people drive 25, like for us, you know, we we're, we can find a way to average it out. Most people listen for 18 to 22 minutes. They drive yeah. to work and they listen to it. Yeah. And they listen to your thing on the drive home and then they're fucking, you know, they're, they're done. done. Yeah. But you must be, you know, fucking stunned at the success of it. I am. I'm blown away. I keep feeling like I'm going to fuck it up. And I'm going to lose it. I'm like responding to every tweet, every Instagram post, everything. Yeah. I'm like, if I don't, it's all going to go away. Nah, it'll be all right. But, do you find um, yourself when you're narrating it? Do you sometimes feel like, holy shit, I'm overcooking it here. We got to yeah. slow down. How many take? How many like? How long does it take? How many takes do you do? I guess you can edit no, the shit I, out. No, I, I kind of read. I sit there and I read the. Now the thing is, I just read the whole thing, and yeah. then I go back and I cut it up. Yeah. But it takes me like hour, hour and fifteen minutes. Not a lot. A lot of it is once I tapped into what the tone was going to be. Yeah. It was pretty much like. One take. I read the whole thing right before I do it, so I have it in my head. I know how I want to say things. Yeah, people sending you crazy conspiracy shit now, or no? Yeah, really. Yeah, everyone wants me to do Kurt Cobain and blame it on Courtney Love, right? But I don't. I just don't. What documentary was that? Nick Bloom. It's a guy who did the Whitney Houston one too. Oh, really? Yeah, same director who did the Whitney Houston. one. You know what documentary is great? The Defiant Ones. Did you see that? Which one's that? The HBO one, Andre. Oh, Andre. Yeah, it was good. I Except the it. last one was like an infomercial for Beats. Yeah, for Beats. And I was like, what the fuck are we yeah. doing here? But I the liked 90s it. one, it made me be like, God, I grew up in the 90s. And I was like, I don't remember it being this good. <laughs> See, we're two different. See, we're di- I, I was way more focused on the- We're the same age, though. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But I think like you're- But I was way more focused on the, the Bruce stuff. The well, I got into stuff. Bruce later. Yeah. You know what got me into Bruce? Nebraska. Nebraska. And you were it's it's like every, every fucking punk right, rock kid's entry right, into- right. And it's lame. But then, you know, the first time I heard The River- I, I literally cried. It's I was greatest, in a truck moving a furniture in college. I literally right. started crying. It was like, right. this is my fucking life. It's my parents' right. life. It's everybody's, yeah. You know, he's, a, he's just on that. He's on another plane, man. He just gets you. So. Who's, the, who's the most overrated classic rock guy? Who do you, who oh, do you say, this guy sucks? Did you like Petty? I love Petty. You Wildflowers, like is, Wildflowers is a top five record uh, for me. Seeger, 
I'm not as big into Seeger, but I no. appreciate it more as I get older. I see. I hated the classic rock shit. And I rebelled against it in yeah, high everybody school. Everybody does that. But now I find myself. I want to listen. Like Steely Dan comes on. I'm like, well, this is fucking great. Yeah. See, I've never been in. That, that's never been the Steely Dan's ever. Now Steely Dan would not be disgraceful and worthy. I don't think. Right. I don't know. I don't know enough. Time about to kick him. Chevy Chase out of the band. I don't think. Yeah. Qualif- <laughs> I don't think that qualifies. I don't think. Nice. But it's a weird. Yeah. But like I like unfortunately for me, this is a character flaw. I've never moved past it. Like I am still so stuck into that era. Like I have to get, I have uh, to get past it. Well, there's so much there. And, you know, I talk with my friends about this. It's like, why am I going to listen to a new record when there's like, there's Beatles, B. Yeah, but shouldn't we though? I mean, shouldn't we? Yeah, we should. You'll find. So how old's your oldest kid? Four. All right. So you have a long. So now my daughter is 11. So now I'm into that. Mm. Like, like honestly, like this is fucking embarrassing. <clears throat> I tweeted out, but like you said, you cry when you listen to the river. So did I. Yeah. I, the first time I heard Sign of the Times by Harry Styles, I fucking cried. It's great. I know, but like, what the fuck? It's great. Like, but should a 43-year-old man be crying and yes. a 20-year-old guy singing? <laughs> yeah. I should? Yeah. Should it's I? like that Seinfeld thing. Yeah, you know? it feels... <laughs> but that's a that's that's a, like a good Elton John song. Yeah, it's amazing. It really right? is. But is that... Why do I... It's not bad. No? Cool. No. Who cares? There's you no like Ed rules. Sheeran? I hate Ed Sheeran. Oh, okay, there you go. I See, can't, I can't stand. It. I don't get it. Why don't you take him down? Do you kill anybody? <laughs> I don't think, well, if he did, life. I'd like him more, right? <laughs> That's probably true. Taylor Swift. Uh, there's some Taylor Swift I like. You know, it feels manufactured to me. It feels super manufactured. But even some manufactured, like look, Carol King and Jerry Goffin, that stuff was manufactured. But it's it's some of the greatest pop but music she, ever. Yeah. But yes, I guess. But she, I don't know. Does Taylor Swift write her stuff? I don't even know that. Uh, she does now, or at least she gets credit for it. Like, I think you get enough power where you're basically like like chain smokers. <laughs> no, God, no. Coldplay. No, but you, but you're the kind of guy you can't say you like Coldplay. I could. No, I like some awful shit. I just said I like Steely Dan. Yeah, but Steely Dan is sort of like so like. He's but so- my my thing, Kirk, growing up was I was always the guy who liked everything, right. and got tons of shit for it. I my dad opened for the Ramones when I was like ten really? years old, and I got beat up for it. By the punk rock kids. For liking the Ramones? No, we were oh, like, oh. fuck you, you saw the Ramones. Oh, really? You met the Ramones, you know what <laughs> right, I mean? Right, right, right. Uh, but even then, like, even in high school, like, I was the guy who was friends with, like, the football players and the drug dealers. Right. Like, I'd get the quarterback well, weed. You? I'm 43. Oh, so you're exact same age as nine. Yeah. So you grew up in the same the same period, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Which was a strange, like, you go, it I'm, is... not sure what to, I'm not sure what to say about the 80s now, like, in, musically, 2018. Uh, awesome music, man. You think? Yeah, like even the bad shit I like. like even what? like Aha will come on. I'll be like, oh, this take is on me. Well, take on me is a great song. Amazing. Exactly. Right. But yeah, I hated great, it then. But I mean, like Prince was great. Yes, one is, of the greatest. Is, is there a Prince episode in there? I Other than know. the death, I'm saying. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Right. He was a mystery. That I like too. That doesn't happen anymore. The reason we're still fascinated with Dylan is because he just kept it all tight. You right. know what I mean? It was we're all talking about the stay in the show. It's funny you said that. Like Dylan. Like we were talking now, obviously he's not staying in, but Dylan is touring as we speak. He never stops fucking touring. Yeah. Yeah. I don't understand it. I think he's afraid to stop. Why? Because he thinks he's done it, it just all, be... his whole life. You know. Have you like... seen him live? Yeah. I thought twice. he sucked. Yeah, it was awful. I don't understand what he's singing. Like, and I'm, a, I'm like, if you, I'm like a B minus Dylan fan, right? So yeah. I know most of the stuff. Yeah. In the middle of it, you're like, holy shit, that's lay, 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 lay. Like, literally, I don't know what the fuck he's yeah. singing. I think if you look at it, like, this guy doesn't give a fuck, and he's doing some avant-garde version of what he's into because he's so bored by his own shit, it becomes a, you can, I can appreciate it's a lot of it on fun, though, level. when you're sitting there. Like, exactly. Like, yeah, I understand you can rationalize it that yeah, way. But... It's like going to a jazz concert, which I don't uh, do. I have no fucking <laughs> patience for that. I'm like, sing. Fucking somebody grab, somebody grab a microphone and sing about their dad. Give me a melody. Yeah, like, can somebody be upset about something? <laughs> what, what, what's, who's the greatest live performer you've ever seen? Uh, well, probably Fug- Fugazi. Do you know who that band is? I do not. Or Jane's Addiction. I know them. Um, Fugazi kind of invented 
straight edge and indie rock. Yeah. And um, just ama- like an incredibly amazing live band. Did you ever I mean, see Bruce? Yeah, multiple times. Did you like it or no? Oh, I loved it. It's I crazy. saw him. I saw, I think it was a tour. Just got the E Street Band back together. Like yeah. 99. The tour, yeah. And that was phenomenal. <clears throat> and I'll never forget, I sat at the Causeway beforehand. And they were. it was just me and my girlfriend at the time. And they were blaring Springsteen at an unlistenable level. Right. And it was just us in there right. drinking Jameson. Right. It was great. <laughs> you can't be bad. <laughs> and then the, I saw the Rising Tour. Good tour, yeah. And uh, that's a good I, record, yeah. Yeah, it's great. I haven't seen him since then. What do you think? What do you think? I'll let you go here a minute. I'm sure you got here. You got a kid. That's cool. What What would Kirk Cobain be doing today? I I think he's one of the ones, and maybe this is fantasy, but I think, I think he'd be rebelling in a way that we wouldn't be able to really fully understand. I don't. I don't think. Um, Almost in like a Brett Easton Ellis kind of way. Sure. Like, do you listen to his podcast? Yes. Uh, once, yeah, I, yeah. Sometimes I like them. Sometimes I don't. So he's he's one of these things where he's like he's super liberal, but he doesn't take the the liberal Easy, narrative right. cheese. Right. Like right. he's not afraid to like go outside of the narrative. And I think whatever Cobain would be rebelling against, it would be of that sort of ilk. It wouldn't be cookie cutter bullshit. Same with John Lennon. Better underrated, overrated. I say overrated. Um, there's a lot of stuff I don't like, but I love the guy. His voice I, is better than his songwriting. <clears throat> yeah, there's a there's like there's like a decade of records that I don't care about there. Yeah, with those guys. I've never Pearl Jam's never been. I don't know. They were phenomenal live. I saw them. Uh, they're good live. <laughs> I did see them live. I saw them at Rocky Point in a roller rink opening. Really? For Smashing Pumpkins and the Chili Peppers, they were on first. My uncle uh, told me he was. This must have been seventy seventy. I don't know what year it was. It can't be like Park mm-hmm. Battle of the Bands. He saw. Boston versus Aerosmith in front of like 55 people. <laughs> Jesus Christ. With the fucking roller coaster in the background. That's See, that's the shit you think. I feel like that doesn't exist today, but I'm sure that's it does. Amazing. I, we tend to romanticize, like, you're going to do this, like, and I find myself, my daughter's playing, has her music she likes, and I'm making fun of it. I'm like, this is the fucking never-ending circle. My dad would tell right. me, the, like, my mom would say, you can't play Van Halen. Right. And I'm sure his dad said, who was fucking, what is Ricky Nelson? Like, right, it never right. fucking, it will right. never end, which is the, the weirdest. The difference now is there's no monoculture, though. There's no, like, with our kids, they're not all going to grow up listening to the same thing. That's true. You know? That's true. It's, it's, a, little, it's a little different than it was. And it's too accepting. <clears throat> We're too accepting nowadays. We are. Like, yes. You know, you could say something sucks once in a while. The generation gap isn't as strong either. It doesn't feel that way. Yeah. All right. It's so the Slam, which is a great podcast. I can't recommend it enough. So every two weeks. Every two weeks. So this will drop. This will actually drop tomorrow. We say drop, no. as you know, in the podcast. <laughs> Tuesday. Next no, no, I'm saying this as we speak. Oh, this will gotcha, drop. Gotcha. Today's Wednesday, right? This fucking week yeah. has been so you don't, yeah. you don't even know where you don't even care. <laughs> what, you have a newborn. You don't even care if there's a fucking blizzard outside. <laughs> exactly. You don't even give a shit. Although exactly. you're probably dying though. Like when when my son was my son and daughter were born, like I was always like I'd be like, oh, you need me to go around there and do something, and you feel like you're pretending you're a good guy, <laughs> but you're like. And oh, there's this traffic. I don't know what the fuck happened. Like, you, give me a minute. You alone. stretch everything out like an extra like 15 minutes. You feel like you're <laughs> as, as reasonable as you can. Then you run back home every uh, every three hours. Are they? I know nothing. You, you don't even know <laughs> My what wife's time gonna is, listen right? to this, dude. <laughs> you have no idea. But so Tuesday is the next one for you. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, excellent. Yeah. Uh, subscribe to it. You know what else do you want on there? Subscribe, leave a comment, whatever. The fuck subscribe, it is. rate it, review it, rate it, review it. Tell like, your like I tell you guys to do with us. Make sure you do it. It's awesome. Disgracefully, and Jake, thanks so much. Thanks, Kirk. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you. Appreciate it, man. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.